Uh, here's an, uh, an 1894 quote from a brochure published by the Ulster and Delaware Railroad Company to explain the benefits of vacation to the public. In the great stillness of nature, peace and health go hand in hand, soothing relaxed muscles with a subtle touch of new power. And they had a whole brochure of similar like of like-minded statements to entice one to get on a train and come to the Catskills and go on vacation, where you and I know today vacation is a great thing and we look forward to it. They the public didn't know it then. This episode is brought to you by Scenic Route Guiding. If you're ready to hit the trails, make sure you take the Scenic Route. Our guides are here to help you with your goals, big or small. Check out the Scenic Route Guiding and Gear Rentals on Instagram and Facebook for more information. Also, if you mention the podcast, you can get 10% off. Use the code MOUNTAINLION. MOUNTAINLION. Okay, excellent. Welcome everyone to Inside Line the Catskills. This is episode 23. I'm here with Chris Van Cleek. He did a great kind of like movie on YouTube called Vacation Valley, and it is about the Southern Catskills and how it turned into a vacation spot for people back in when was the era? Um, it pretty much started in the 1880s and peaked by the 1950s. The 1880s to 1950s it sounds awesome I'm, I'm a big fanatic of the uh the histories in the catskills and i got chris here who is well into the history of this area and in the catskills um say hi chris hi there glad to be here thanks for having me yeah i i can't wait i'm excited i watched your movie and i'm just i'm i was sitting watching it like a little kid like wow wow i can't believe it because you drive past all these places and you yeah you can't help but wonder what happened that was my curiosity as well. And a friend of mine um, uh, had a postcard collection of things around the big Indian Oliveria Valley. And he uh, shared that with me. And then I made the movie from the postcard and all the other, other information I gathered. And it was really fun to do and filled in the gaps for me as well. Cause I didn't know what these old buildings used to be for. Yeah. And you can definitely tell from, from the look uh, that they still hold the history and you can see that they were, they're old they're 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 from back in the days so like um the panther house and and the cats or slide mountain slide mountain forest house and the panther mountain house for sure uh they're the panther mountain house i think was built in 1870 for example which is since burned down but it's on the same grounds as the uh, full moon wow unbelievable so we're gonna get into some deep deep into that later and we're gonna talk about uh Chris's uh, knowledge of the area and, and Vacation Valley will definitely describe what Vacation Valley was. Sure. So excellent. Um, I'd like to thank monthly subscribers, uh, Katrina Weinig, Darren White, John Kamiski, Vicky Ferreira, and Jim C. So thank you very much for donating. And I want to point out, when you donate to the show, it's not, it's not going to me. If someone donates to the show, it's not going to me. I do this for fun. I have a great time talking about the Catskill, so... Everything at the end of the year of my fiscal year, which is August like 18th is when I first started it, is going to be donated to an organization. So don't think that you're going to donate and it's going to me and I'm making money because I'm not. I'm just having fun. So 
Chris, you having anything to drink tonight? No, it's early. No, I'm drinking water. <laughs> well, same here. You know, I just got home from work uh, about an hour and a half ago uh, and trying to shovel all this sleet and freezing rain and ice and stuff out there. Did you get anything down there? Down in Florida, we have uh, 86 degrees heat index. It's extremely nice. Ouch. Way to way to stick that <laughs> knife in there. <laughs> I'm looking out over a lake with an alligator swimming around in it. Oh, no way. Wow. Yes, yeah. that scares me. it's um it's very pleasant but i have spent many many winters in new england so i know what it's about yeah 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 definitely um was odd today uh where i live and and below uh oneana and south it was today we were supposed to get six to 12 inches it's snowing lightly right now but before that has been at least six six inches of ice and sleet and stuff it's really odd my son spent the night in our cabin at Winnesa Club, which has no heat, but he had a big fireplace and it was uh, close to zero degrees and he got the living room up to 40 degrees. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's up. I mean, Sly, that's that's in the air. It's like an air duct for, uh, for the weather. <laughs> it, it very much is. It comes up the mountain on both sides. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he probably got smashed last night when we had... I think we had like 36 degrees here, but it was raining and then it turned to rain or sleet. And then it iced up this morning. I'm, I'm hitting my car, getting the ice off with my fist. Oh, so God, I'm so sorry. Yes. And <laughs> uh, the Hudson got it like the worst. They are, they're like, I think it said online, 50% of people have no power. Oh yes. I, I did hear something about that. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm not having anything to drink. We're just drink, both drinking water. So that's good. Keep hydrated. Right. Um, I don't, I haven't been on any previous hikes. I don't know if you have down there, any hikes down in the great uh, sunshine state. Um, well, I've been on hikes, but there is no elevation. Everything is so flat. You're on a hike, but it doesn't feel like a, a hike. Like I know it in the Catskills. It's just flat out, but uh, there are some great hikes with boardwalks that go through swamps and you see uh, alligators and all kinds of uh, different things. So it's really interesting. And wow. of course there's, and of course, I guess a walk on the beach would be considered a hike as well. Yeah, definitely, because it feels like you're you're gaining elevation trudging through that sand. Right. <laughs> and you guys, nothing, you guys down there in Florida have some some I wouldn't say thick sand, but it's like it's deep sand. There are some places where you can ride a bike on the sand. It's so uh, dense. Oh wow! Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so d- definitely excellent. So um, no Catskill news once again. This is going to be airing. I'm 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 a little ahead of schedule. I got to take a couple weeks off now. <laughs> But but I like I love doing this. I like getting stuff and editing check light, get it all ready. So um no news except for that it's I hate to to use bad thing, but it's gonna be a shit show down there. Uh I don't even know what the mountains got. I all I know is everybody's talking about ice. So I'm guessing they got snow up top, but I guarantee everything's gonna be ice and it's gonna be horrible. <laughs> yep, yep. But I I have I'm I'm inside, I'm warm. You know, I, I'm I'm blessed that that is the the, the case, um, but um, we don't have any Catskill Mountain history because we're definitely going to talk about Catskill Mountain history tonight. I'm uh, very excited. So my guest of the night tonight uh, is Christopher Van Cleek and his movie he made and his his research of what they call Vacation Valley. He has a YouTube video, check it out, Vacation Valley, that shows all the history of going through the Big Indian Olive Ray area and then up almost 
towards the more elevation area of slide where the big U-turn is, the big turn. And uh, I got to admit, it's fascinating. It was really cool. I'd like to thank um, Yana for introducing me to Chris and having me get in a hold of him. So Yana, thank you very much. But, very much. Uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I, I was I, I watched it and I'm just like, wow, all this stuff. So if you're listening, go and watch Vacation Valley on YouTube. It's really interesting and it'll bring some cool history to your to your um, mind when you're going up through that area. So, Chris, uh, you introduce uh, yourself and you'll give a little background about yourself. OK, well, professionally, I am a, a, a psychologist and do therapy now telehealth wise, which allows me to be in Florida in this season and in the Catskills in the summer. And I treat patients uh, on Zoom and FaceTime and so on who live in Massachusetts where I'm licensed and um, uh, so I've loved my career as a psychologist. I'm also a musician, have been in rock and roll bands my whole life and love doing that as a hobby, not for making money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not these days. <laughs> I'm originally from Hyde Park, New York, and my family's been in the Hyde Park Poughkeepsie area for uh, hundreds of years, actually. And um, we have been members of Winnesota Club since 1891. Oh, wow. And the club was built in uh, 1887. Amazing. So, so, yeah. So my great, great grandparents came there in 1891, had 11 children and a lot of their descendants are members of Winnesook. And um, a few years back, I kind of wandered into being the Winnesook historian happily. And uh, it's when I do history at Winnesook, it's uh, doing history of Winnesook club and family history at the same time. So it's really, really enjoyable. Wow. In 1891. 1891. So um, I've been doing history projects about Winnesaw Club. And then, as I said, my friend Justin Kessler, who has a postcard collection, uh, allowed me to use him to make uh, the movie Vacation Valley. So my historian wings sort of spread down the valley a little bit from Winnesaw. So what got you interested in being the historian for the Winnesaw Club? Well, Winnesaw being so much uh, family and so on, it was just so natural to want to know more about its history. And a lot of my relatives have been the historians before me, so I got to learn from them. And then they had literally uh, 125 years plus of history in various boxes and containers, photographs, documents, records of minutes. And I just went through them all for the first time and uh, was able to scan all of them and put them on a digital format. And I was off and running in terms of being the modern historian, because of course, before me, there wasn't all those all that technology. So yeah. uh, I've just had a great time assembling all the data. And I've always uh, read history books, been interested in it. And Winnesook was the natural way to play that out. Yeah, your family's been in there for, for a very long time. So when does that when is the first like history of the Winnesook date back to 1887 1887 wow unbelievable yeah. your family came right after that came after that and um the cabin that i have was built in 1908 and uh you know i'm in beautiful florida and nothing beats the cabin on the lake in the catskills so oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's just too damn cold there right now <laughs> And I'll say, oh yeah, to that too, as well. <laughs> that is, I agree with that, especially right up there. That, that, like I said, that's a wind tunnel right up there and you just get everything going up there. So I couldn't even imagine in the winter what that's like. It's a wind tunnel. And um, I believe the statistic goes like this, that Slide Mountain is the wettest place in the state of New York and the coldest place in the Catskill Mountains. <laughs> wow. 
one big and, show up there. Yeah, and the first uh, body of water to freeze and the last to thaw, Winnesook Lake. Yeah. Good point. It's the highest, probably. Yeah. So it's a very good point. Excellent. So that's really cool. Um, definitely some great history up there and some great history down below, which we're going to talk about. Um, I've, I've seen your movie on YouTube called Vacation Valley, and I think it's it's fantastic. It's definitely yeah. amazing to, to see all that history and to see the then and now that you did, which was absolutely fantastic. It's Thank you. It, it's kind of tough, you know, for for new people to to picture that without what you did, which was like a then and now, which is really cool. So Thank definitely you. take a look at that. Uh, everyone, if whoever's listening, it's really, really neat. And it gives you a, like I said, a then and now. So uh, could you tell us a little about uh, Vacation Valley? Well, the phrase Vacation Valley, I found in the Catskill Mountain News from, uh, I think it was a mid 1950s article they had on uh, Oliveria Valley. And they just uh, spoke so nicely of it, coined the phrase Vacation Valley and said that, you know, it, it is just that beautiful place to go on vacation in the 50s. And I thought the name was very catchy. So I took it, uh, borrowed it to make a movie out of it. By the way, if you find the Catskill Mountain News archives, they are tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. Of, of the Vacation Valley or just tremendous as in the Catskills? No, uh, for the Catskills in general. Oh, excellent. Um, I, I, I can't be sure, but I think they have uh, archives going back to the late 1800s and, and the online archives stopped maybe in the 70s. Oh, and wow. of course, like, like any modern search kind of thing, you just put in a word or a name and it brings up those uh, the phrases or names that are in any article. Oh, wow. What was that and called again? The, the Catskill Mountain News. Okay, excellent. It was a newspaper in Margaretville that recently uh, went out of business after all those years, I think maybe two or three years ago. Oh, that's unfortunate. But yeah, today's technology, it's understandable. Yeah, but it is, uh, if one is interested in Catskill history, that that is a great, great resource. And was um, much of the information, I don't know about much, but a lot of the information for the movie Vacation Valley came from my newspaper search for in Catskill Mountain News. Excellent. Definitely. I have to check that out. So I'm, I'm guessing, of course, uh, the phrase vacation Valley was, is unique because people came up there for a vacation though, right? They certainly came up there for a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that, and that's where it came from. That's where it came from. Yep. Uh, so was this, was this uh, like the Borscht Belt era where it was mostly descendants of New York city and, and the Jewish, or was this actually a mix of like everybody? To me, it couldn't be more different from the standpoint of when I tell my friends that I vacation in the Catskill Mountains, they immediately think of the movie Dirty Dancing. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Which nothing wrong with that movie and what it represents. It's just it's very different on the Oliveria side. I, I'd have to say that the biggest difference um in the Oliveria Valley, in now and when uh, the Vacation uh, Valley was so popular in 1950s, it's much more fishing, playing baseball, playing tennis, entertaining yourself, more down home kind of country relaxed. Whereas the Borscht Belt is always, you know, known as a place where it's big resorts with lots of entertainers that became famous and uh, much more. Um, I'll provide the they'll provide the entertainment for you versus finding your own entertainment in the Oliveria Valley, much like you would if you had your own house there, but you were just staying at a resort or a bungalow. And in that way, it was much more organic from the standpoint of uh, 
entertaining yourself. Yeah, much more are organic and also at uh, entertaining yourself with the outdoors. Oh, so much with the outdoors. I mean, fishing was such a big part of it uh, for many years, still is. But I mean, those when those resorts were open, fishing was a big deal. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, what's the creek that flows through there again? The Asopus Creek. Yeah, the Asopus flows around that. Um, yeah. And that's a, that would have been a big fishing spot. My God. Oh, and, and on the other side, the Neversink is uh, one of the, uh, I think, the earliest fly fishing place. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I, I have a guy coming on talking about that. That would be very interesting to talk about yeah. the history of fly fishing. So let's uh, vacation valley. Where was it like extended from that that turn in Big Indian, or was it other places as well? And then goes up they, all the way. They mostly refer to it as you turn off of twenty eight and go on County Route forty seven, uh, the road that goes, of course, right through Oliveria Valley and up uh, over uh, the other side. That that was vacation valley, primarily being Oliveria, really. Okay. And all the boarding houses, resorts, and so on that were dotted up that road, that, that was what they were referring to. Yeah. So excellent. That's that's so cool. What else? Uh, yeah. So that's that's a, a big area. You can also, the side streets were as well, correct? There are, there are I, I'm going to probably get this wrong, but there are three roads on the right-hand side as you're driving from Big Indian up. And they're all called a hollow of one form or another, like McKinley Hollow and so on. But they had resorts down each one of those roads, and some some of the roads still do. Oh wow! So it was a, it was along uh, Route 47, and then those three side roads. Excellent. So right in that little uh, valley, of course, Vacation yep. Valley. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. Um, how much of that area became the Catskill Park eventually? All of it. Well, the Catskill Park is a weird park. So it is private residence, private land, and then state land inter sort of interwoven in and around private land. So I can't tell you the percentage or the amount of acres and so on and so forth, but you know, you can be on private land and then go behind a house and then you're on state land again. Yeah. So it, it keeps weaving in and out that way. And many places have sold, I don't know, maybe large plots of land to the state uh, so that they have less a tax burden, but of course they still have the land nearby that they can enjoy because it's state land. Yeah. And it's a beautiful area. So it's understandable. I I've always wondered why people sold their, their land. Tax uh, burden. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's, that's a good point. I was just like, mm, maybe it's just, they just want the money or something like that, but. <laughs> well, you kind of get the best of both because you don't have to pay taxes on it. Like I said, but then you can enjoy the woods because they're not going to be, uh, no one's going to build a house on them or do anything. Correct. Mm, interesting. Um, so a, a curious question of me and probably of some of the listens, how did, how did that area, the Southern part of the Catskills become a vacation spot? Well, that's sort of the, the the heart of our question. So, first of all, let me just say that the um, the Catskill Mountains, uh, many historians consider to be almost, if not, or almost the first vacation spot really in the country. Yeah. And I think all that really began with uh, 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 Washington Irving's story, Rip Van Winkle, which was published in 1819. And what that led to really was not so much the Oliver Rhea Valley right away, but the uh, Catskill Mountain House being developed in 1824 near Hunter Mountain. 
and steamboats would come up from New York City, vacation became this thing. And then the Catskills kind of grew in popularity from Rip Van Winkle and from uh, the ability, availability of steamships and then eventually trains. But even, even kind of more interesting than that was by the time trains came in the 1870s, um, most people didn't know what a vacation was and it had to be, it had to be described to them. Oh, wow. And uh, because, you know, in the era before uh, that, people worked on farms, people worked in cities, and you just worked and you just worked. And it was considered perhaps opening up to sin if you weren't working all the time. You know, sort of the Puritan work ethic didn't allow for time off because then you might sin more. If you went on vacation, you might gamble, you might drink, <laughs> you might have a sexual encounter. Things could get off the spiritual path, if you will. Wow. But then when the uh, industrial era was really going and things were really city, city, city and pollution and so on and so forth, doctors started advising vacations as did ministers because people needed a change from what they called the fast pace of life back then, which of course is so slow by comparison today. So literally they described and, and, and doctors prescribed uh, take a vacation. You have to take a vacation and would say what it was. And uh, that's how the Catskills really were born in terms of a vacation place. Amazing. So yeah. wasn't it, wasn't it also uh, like a place where people could heal, like get healthier from tuberculosis or what was it? Well, it was always described by doctors to be a health tonic to be in a, a, a mountain air and with clean water and, so yes, it was prescribed for illness, but it was also described for what you and I would call today mental health, yeah. the stress of the, the urban life. And really, if you think of uh, Ben Franklin, his phrase was idle hands are the devil's playthings," which refers to you might get in trouble if you're not busy. Interesting. You know? <laughs> wow. They pushed you to work back then, eh? <laughs> yes. I want to tell you um, that... Uh, here's an, uh, an 1894 quote from a brochure published by the Ulster and Delaware Railroad Company to explain the benefits of vacation to the public. In the great stillness of nature, peace and health go hand in hand, soothing relaxed muscles with a subtle touch of new power. And they had a whole brochure of similar like of like-minded statements to entice one to get on a train and come to the Catskills and go on vacation where you and I know today vacation is a great thing. And we look forward to it. They, the public didn't know it then. Oh, wow. That's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So the Delaware County or the Delaware and also railroad, is that the one that, that brought us up, brought them all the way up there? Uh, so the Ulster Delaware went from Kingston. Kingston. Okay. So uh, New York City trains, whichever, whatever they were called at the time, maybe New York Central, I don't know, brought uh, people up from the city to the Kingston area. And before that, steamships would do that. Okay. I was just curious of how they brought them up from the, the Hudson Valley all the way up to Oliver and stuff in that area. Yeah. But by, by train, like the old train tracks that they had there from Arkville, correct? Yes, indeed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, st uh, trains and probably horse and buggy, correct? Before that. Oh, wow. There was a horse and buggy that went from Kingston to Delhi. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long trip. Yeah. And I forget it was very slow. Let me see if I wrote it down. Uh, that is a long trip in a car. That's that's two hours. 
I can't remember. I, I wrote it down once, but it, it took a long, long time. And I think that the the stage went like four miles an hour or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and the original Route 28, which you can see if you drive on current 28, they have little uh, spots where it's still there. The original 28 in the stagecoach days was a toll road and there was a toll booth. I think I remember some of that. It cuts uh, through Fleischmann's and stuff like that. You'll see old Route 28 on the signs, right? exactly exactly cool awesome that's so neat so i wanted to tell you a little bit if i could about how tourism developed in the catskills most specifically around the big indian and oliveria area era uh, and how the catskill park was created absolutely go right ahead so people may have heard of a thing called the tanning industry but the tanning industry was um i would say the height of it was probably around the civil war to get a cow hide into leather required a solution that you they would get by peeling hemlock bark off of trees and boiling it and mixing it with other chemicals. And then mixing that with a cow hide would turn it into leather. So that was a pretty brutal thing. There was a lot of water pollution from it. It was really quite a disgusting event. But uh, owners of tanneries would stay in one area for 10 or 20 years, buy land, have all the hemlock trees stripped of their um, bark. And then when they had uh, used up all the land that they purchased, they would literally move to another area and start all over again and buy other land and start the whole process again. And whole towns would move with them. Wow. The reason why it, it has to do with the Catskill Park is, is sort of an odd little blessing in disguise because all that ruined land was left by the landowners, the, the former tanner, the tannery owners, and didn't pay taxes on it and abandoned it. So there were thousands of acres of the Catskills that had abandoned land with no tax income for the state, and the state decided to make a park. Interesting. So... As much as it was horrible what they did to the environment, the end result was we have this forever wild park. Yeah, that is, that's a great explanation of, of how it became because um, I did have a history on, on tanning with uh, Zadok Pratt. Pratt. Yeah, yeah. So that, that explained it, but it also didn't explain how much it destroyed of the Catskills. Um, they, they estimate about 70 million hemlock trees. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. And yeah. Recently, I had a, uh, a history about fly fishing, and it talked about how fly fishing was once amazing in the Catskills, and then all of a sudden, the tanners came in and almost destroyed everything, because that's where all the, the waste and stuff like that went from, and all the tree bark that was bad and stuff all went in the water. It was awful. And then all the, the dirt coming from the, the rain, because we had no, no hemlock trees, would all come into the the creeks and the stream beds and make it all dirty and stuff. Nobody wanted to fly fish in dirty water. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, and just as an aside, uh, the hemlock trees themselves were cut into planks and put in the ditches of the road going from Kingston to Delhi. So it was called plank road. Oh, wow. Because of course, with all that mud and, and stagecoach wheels and so on, it would get uh, a mess and they would put planks in the ruts. And so the, uh, the wheels wouldn't sink. Good call. So yeah. at least they were put to good use when they were done. Right. Good for you. <laughs> at right. least at least a couple thousand of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Compared to the 70 million. Um so you got what what else can I say? So 
So that set the stage for tourism from the standpoint of uh, uh, the Catskill Park being developed along the same time as the trains came to the, uh, the big Indian train station came in 1871. So with vacations being uh, now a thing and being talked about with ministers and doctors and there being Catskill Park, people started to come to the Catskills from New York and started to vacation. And when they started to vacation in Big Indian and Oliveria, it was really after the train was able to bring them there in 1871. And so by the 1886 trains a day were leaving New York City for the Catskills. And the biggest thing that happened in Big Indian was the Grand Hotel. Yes, I... I was looking at that the other day in one of the Catskill history books. Is that that's gone, right? That's long gone. I think uh, I think it was gone by 1961 or two. Okay, the Grand Hotel, and that was the, that was almost like it was called the Hikers Hotel, correct? I don't know that. That would be an apropos name, but I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. So it was it was across from what's now Bel Air Ski Center. Okay, and it was uh, a 500 bed hotel room and attracted the rich and famous of the time. It was a big, big deal. And compared to the places that I'm gonna talk about in the Oliveria Valley, it was gigantic. Wow. <laughs> and really put uh, Big Indian on the map, if you would, because it was so uh, enormous and so much traffic. And that was like, and, and being in Big Indian and, and uh, Pine Hill area, that was like right in almost the heart of the Catskills. Correct, right. So. I just want to tell you this very interesting story about the Grand Hotel, which uh, was torn down in 1963. But in the days when in the 1950s, it was sort of just hobbling along. And, and we can talk more about how the uh, peak tourism was over. And uh, it was both in Delaware County and Ulster County, the actual building of the Grand Hotel. Oh, wow. And the bar was in both counties. And I believe the story goes like this, but I'm sure the time that I have is not accurate. But I think the bar in Ulster County uh, drinking hours closed at two and in Delaware County at three. <laughs> so all of you are anticipating where this goes. So yes, if you were drinking in the Grand Hotel bar at two, you wandered across the town line into the Grand Hotel in Delaware and were able to drink another hour. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, some good marketing. Isn't that something? <laughs> <laughs> That's, they're like, this is going to close at two, but next door right. is going to close at three. So make sure you go right. next door. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. So when the big Indian railroad station was developed, the grand hotel was there. That was the big attraction, but going up Oliveria was the quieter attraction. There was a, a hotel across from the big Indian railroad station called laments hotel. And as uh, there was Ailey's store, there was another store. There was a little bit of activity right there, but not much. But the early tourism thing at Laments was they had a train bear that you could go see when you got off the train. Oh, to, to, to show you where stuff was? No, no. There was a bear that was a train oh. bear. So it was an attraction like you would pay to see the bear. Okay. I thought you, I thought you said a train bearer, like, like, like <laughs> some. No. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened up the valley, as, as we go up the valley in our minds, a lot of farmhouses and, um, you know, places that had never been interested in tourism suddenly found that they could make a lot of money by changing, uh, renting out their bedrooms or converting barns or other buildings so that they had these little mini boarding houses all up and down the valley. And 
it was so uh, family entertainment with daughters playing piano for sing-alongs and home-cooked meals and advertising farm fresh food. And it was really leaving the city to almost become a part of a family for a vacation. Yeah. And so these people that ran these are locals, correct? They lived there, you know, for generations. Good, good. Okay. I didn't know if it was like, like I said, I, I compare it to the Borscht Belt when Borscht Belt wasn't owned by locals. It was owned by other people. So that's good. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. And also the Borscht Belt, of course, was, you know, let's build a giant resort. And these places in Oliveria, the ones that I'm speaking of anyway, the boarding houses just turned, were farms turned into boarding houses. Excellent. And then dotted with hotels. And some of them could accommodate a couple hundred people, but nothing like the Grand Hotel, both in style or in numbers. Mm -hmm. But that kind of kept the Oliver Rhea Valley, like I was saying before, much more, I don't know, relaxed and not a, a, a big resort attitude. Interesting. So yeah. was was the, was this Vacation Valley kind of like a uh, like hush hush people only people knew like spread the word from each other or, you know, they tried to advertise it a little bit, but not much. Well, Oh no, it was, it was advertised and word of mouth and things really spread. It just didn't have the power of say the grand hotel really marketing it on a larger scale. Okay. So it was really a mixture of boarding houses from farms and uh, small hotels and also a thing called bungalow colonies. So one place I learned a lot about and really loved learning about in the movie I made was called Brown's bungalow colony, which is in Oliveria, it's long gone. But that, that was a, a series of small bungalows that families would come to each summer and they all knew each other from New York City and it became their vacation spot for the whole summer with the family staying there and the husbands going down during the week for work. And they would have a common recreation hall, which most places did at that time and kids would put on skits and there'd be piano and singing and so on and so forth and a swimming pool. And that swimming pool, of course, on the later 40s and 50s. Mm. The swimming pools of before that were had uh, dirt floors and they uh, brought the water in from the Asopas. Yeah. I remember you uh, explaining that in the, uh, in your movie. And that yeah. was crazy how it's like natural water. <laughs> and natural water. And of course, no chlorine. It was really just a pond. Yeah. You know? Um, and the same was true at places like the Sly Mountain Forest House where um, they didn't have bungalows as much as people would vacation there for the same two weeks every year, because in those days, that's how uh, companies operated. They would close down for two weeks and all families would go on vacation and families would uh, meet there and they look forward to seeing each other every summer. And it was like their, their world for the summer. And uh, by the way, bowling was a big deal in the old days. Oh, nice. The Slide Mountain Forest House, for example, still has a bowling alley, uh, two alleys from, uh, I think, the 1890s. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have to go there. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, of course, do your thing throwing a ball and you knock down the pins and then you have to go down and set them up yourself. Oh, right. Yeah. They didn't have the mechanical gear. <laughs> wow. So, I, and I, I don't know for sure, but of course, in the story, Rip Van Winkle, he's bowling with the little uh, guys in the mountain. So oh, yeah. I don't know whether that was a part of what happened uh, sort of mythology-wise that spilled into actually having a bowling alley. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So um, what what time? What what time was was the, the, the peak time when it was like, like it couldn't get any better? So this article that I spoke of before in the Catskill Mountain News, I believe it was 1955. 
1956, and that's where they coined the phrase Vacation Valley. And they were talking about 1956, uh, I think it was an article written in the spring, the summer's coming, all the resorts and bungalows are filled to capacity. This is just amazing that our, our area has become so much of a vacation attraction. Well, really little did they know that was the beginning of the end because they were talking in the article about how tourism was going to expand even more after 1956 because of the New York State Thruway was being built at the time. Mm -hmm. And really what the New York State Thruway represented was the beginning of the end of Oliveria Valley and a lot of the Catskills being so popular because now you could travel anywhere. Yeah. And planes, planes were cheaper, speedier. Yep. And, and and even air conditioning, because you weren't seeking the refuge from the city heat by going to the mountains because you could get air conditioning as the 60s went on. Wow. So the peak, to, and also companies, as most people might remember from their parents' generation, companies also stopped having vacations in the same way that they always did. So there wasn't the same two weeks off to kind of make that happen in that same way. Yeah, good point. So really, as things went on after the 50s, there was the decline because people could go elsewhere. And by the 1970s, the tourism in Vacation Valley was really slow. And then, of course, uh, after that, it started kind of like deteriorating. Nobody wanted to, to do this. Nobody wanted to come up here. Everybody wanted to travel further places away. They wanted to travel further, yep. Yeah, that is, yeah, the, the whole two-week thing uh, really makes sense. Like, they... They were just like, let's go somewhere else. Let's try somewhere else because there's easier means of transportation now. Yes. As um, Ralph Combe Sr. Uh, uh, owns, with his family, owns the Slide Mountain Forest House. And his family is originally from Germany. And when they came to take over the Slide Mountain Forest House in 1934, one of the reasons why they like the Oliver Rhea Valley is it reminded them of the Black Forest in Germany. Oh. And a lot of their patronage came from uh, German folks who lived in New York City. And as Ralph told me, once uh, the airplanes were cheaper and could fly longer, people wouldn't come to Alvaria to be a part of Germany. They would go to Germany to see Germany. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, somewhat makes sense. <laughs> You know, but so it, it, it kind of changed the dynamic in that way because you could visit faraway places. Yeah. Um, so name, can you name some, some former hotels and motels and bungalows up there? Like just the, the names of them for me. Sure. So there was Laments Hotel, which as I said, was in uh, across the road from the Big Indian Railroad Station, the Slide Mountain Forest House, which I mentioned, Brown's Bungalow. Back in the day, um, the Panther Mountain House was across the street from the Full Moon. And in between that, it was called the Valley View House for many years. Oh, yeah. And beyond that, up the hill, the last one was called the Parker House, which was a, a large farmhouse that I think had maybe room for 30 people. How many um, of these places do you think are still standing? <laughs> <laughs> like two? <laughs> well, it depends on how far we want to go. Um, Ralph, Ralph Combe's uh, place, the Slide Mountain Forest House, is the longest uh, running establishment that is still around since 1934. Okay. So at this point, that's pretty much the oldest one because the Panther Mountain House, which was across from the full moon, burned down around 1911. Oh, wow. Most of them, by the way, burned. I mean, was that, I can't, I can't say it's intentional, but like, of course it was an accident, right? 
Well, in the early days, it was definitely an accident because in the early days they were very uh, profitable. But in the in the early days, um, you know, a lot of it probably came from the uh, fire wood stove in the kitchen, and for whatever reason, wasn't perfectly attended to, and then the whole place would burn down really quick. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Um, and you said some of the what did the like what was the the biggest hotel that was out there? The biggest hotel in um, the Oliveria Valley was called the Fairview Hotel. Uh, if you go uh, up the road through the old town of Oliveria, which is nothing left of, um, and take a right onto McKinley Hollow, and then take an immediately immediate left after the bridge, that's where Brown's Bungalow was. But before that, it was called the Fairview Hotel. And I think that had uh, enough for 200 people. Oh, wow. And true to form of what we were just talking about, the Fairview uh, burned down in the 1940s, I think. And uh, some of the buildings remained and uh, a guy named Mr. Brown turned it into Brown's bungalow. But before that, it was a pretty giant hotel. Wow. Um, yeah. A lot of the, of the stuff on your movie, I remember, you could actually, some of the, I mean, they're not hotels, but some of those houses are still standing that once was standing back in the 1900s, correct? Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember driving by there uh, when I went up with my wife and I was pointing out, I'm just like, you know, that was in his uh, in his movie and that's still standing there. It's just different colors and got a little bit of different, like the first house off to the right when you turn on to the beginning. Oh, yes. of the, yep. Okay. The, uh, the, the Molyneux house. Okay. Yeah. And Wait. that's it's almost like my wife's last name. Is that true? Yeah. Her last name is Molinex, but it's spelled just like that. And uh, the Molyneux house was called something else after that. I can't remember at the moment. Uh, but the Molyneux house was um, uh, created by the descendants of uh, Chief Winnesook and Gertrude Molyneux. As Chief Winnesook was apparently uh, killed uh, right where the big Indian railroad station was. And his family uh, stayed there for generations and eventually had a boarding house called the Molyneux house. I remember reading about that one time. That's yeah. why that that's why that uh that statue stands, correct? Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but it was neat to learn from this movie when I made it that their family survived and had a boarding house with their name on the over the door, and it was a it wasn't all a myth. They, these people really existed. The Malin, Gertrude Malinu and Winnesook. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely history. is is amazing. There. Wow. Just yeah. keeps getting better and better. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of talked about the, uh, the other stuff, what caused the end, uh, you know, technology expanding. Is there, you know, planes, like air, uh, air conditioning, uh, people traveled more because there was easier means of transportation. Anything else that, that brought the end of popularity of the Vacation Valley? Those are pretty much it, I think. That's, that's pretty much what I found out. Uh, really, the, and, and not just the throughway, but the interstate highway system. Yeah. So, you know, in, by the early 1960s, if you really wanted to, you could get in a car and travel very far away across the country. And I think it, it opened up, you know, ideas like going to state parks and really seeing the sights, if you will. Yeah. Up to Adirondacks and New Hampshire and Vermont and stuff. And that too. Yep. Yeah. So yep. that's things. But once again, the history, the history repeats itself. So maybe I, I, I see a little bit of that coming back as, as we speak. Um, during these weird times. Well, it seems to be also coming back from um, Airbnbs, but also weddings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, good point. 
There are so many wedding venues and I've heard of people turning barns into wedding venues just because it's so popular and there are so many people from the city are looking for a place to have a country wedding. Yeah. A lot of, actually a couple of my friends did that. <laughs> they did? Yeah. One of them in Delhi. It's uh, right outside of East Meredith. Well, it's not Delhi, of course. Um, she turned hers into uh, her one part of the story is into a, a wedding venue. And it's, it's like those those pictures you see all the time, you know, where the lights are the little low wattage lights and it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I got to admit. How nice. How yeah. nice. And how great for locals to be able to have a business that way. And from people from the city to have a lot of options. Cause you know, if you're in the city, it'd be great to get married in the country. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I mean, um, the full moon, like my wife worked there a couple of times and oh. she said it was, it was, top-notch stuff oh it's wonderful there i drive by on my way up to winnesook and the weddings uh you know they're crowded and full and people are having a grand old time it's wonderful yeah i agree i agree so yeah that's another point but i was like i was saying it's it's i mean like you said the airbnbs really don't help with the the locals in their housings but it's bringing money into the towns once again so that's right it's a good thing you know back and forth right. Right. um so another another thing that I, that I was a big question of mine for me, your movie, there's postcards all over your movie. You have postcards about everything. It's crazy. How did, uh, how did you find those? Are those from the Winnie Sook or? No. So um, the long and short of it is I was competing for a postcard with someone on eBay and then was able to contact him. He won the postcard, was able to contact him and we made a friendship online and it turns, his name is Justin Kessler. So Justin and his family vacationed at Brown's bungalow from the 1940s to the 1980s. And Justin's uh, uh, hobby was to, is to collect postcards from around the big Indian Olivaria area. And I think he has like 500 of them. Oh, wow. And they're beautiful as, as the movie shows. And so that's where the whole idea of the movie came from was uh, I could make a movie, I could make a story out of showing what it looked, these buildings look now and what they look like in the postcards. And Justin graciously gave me permission to do that. And so it just kind of unfolded from there that that's the way to make a story along with Kathleen Myers of the Shandagan Historical Museum in Pine Hill. Uh, she helped me find more information, fill in the gaps. Uh, here's a here's an ashtray with that hotel name on it. Go ahead and take a picture of it and that kind of stuff. And from there, it just unfolded because I, there was a so much information and the postcards re, uh, uh, give such a good visual. Yeah, definitely. And you definitely show that in, in your movie because I, I remember seeing that you're holding it up and you bring it down. And it's perfect. It's like right oh. there with oh, the bridges. And the roads and stuff like that. I mean, it's really, really neat. That's that's some serious history digging. That's crazy. It's really crazy. And it's amazing that postcards can bring us there. Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that because uh, somebody might take a photograph and, of course, it went on a shelf and probably got thrown out by a generation later. Uh, postcards are such a collectible item and they get around. So it's really cool. And, of course, they're, uh, they're postmarked, most of them, too. So they, they have, hey, this is when this was. Yeah, Exactly the time and the date. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah. And you went through five hundred of those. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh wow! And I found some other images in a few other places and books and things like that. But almost all of it was from Justin's postcards, and it was just 
it made so I, I remember going into the museum i'm friends with kathleen who runs a museum and a Shandaken historical museum. And I just said to her, we should make a movie before all this is forgotten. Cause you have a lot of information and I have a lot of information. Here are these postcards. Let's do this before another generation goes. Yeah. Such a great fun project. We really uh, put our heads together, if you will. And it was a fantastic job. I really enjoyed uh, watching it and just learning about the history of that area. I mean, you kind of, whenever you drive anywhere in the Catskills, you see these old places and you kind of wonder, and your movie really gives that perspective of what it looked like and what it is. Well, my thank you. And my my friends tease me that I'm kind of a Ken Burns Jr. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I I didn't quite realize it, but I sort of had his version of how to go about describing history in my mind, and it's really helpful because he has such a great way of presenting it. Excellent. Is there is there any plans in the in the future for you to? Uh to do any more history. I mean, are you going to looking to expand beyond vacation Valley? I don't think so. I thought of maybe, um, uh, revising it a little bit cause I've learned how to clean up the postcard images and that sort of thing. But that's kind of as far as I've gone so far, I, I uh, have lots of projects about doing Winnesook history, but who knows, maybe I'll go down the Valley again. It'd be fun. <laughs> it definitely would be. Um, I think once again, uh, I think it's it's fascinating the history of the Catskills, uh, not just one places, but all places. You have so much diversity of, like we were talking about, um, the Vacation Valley, the Borscht Belt, fly fishing, tanning, bluestone mining. Oh, it's endless. It is endless. The hotels everywhere. And I've like, like I said, every time I drive so many through so many places and you see these old hotels like um one of my my favorite spots I like to go to is uh, I drive through it all the time, go hiking Stanford. Oh, um, yeah. There's so many s- actually large hotels. I mean, that one that just burned down a couple of years ago. But when you're going up to Mount Unciante, there's this massive place that's just abandoned. And I, I've always wanted to learn the history of it, find out what it is, stuff like that. It's tough to find online. You know, people forget about it and then they don't put anything on there. People do. And, and sometimes there's old maps that will show you where the hotels were, were, although the maps were in the time of the hotels. So those are kind of fun. And as, as you saw in the movie, there were some places where uh, I knew where the hotel was and dug around in what was left of the foundation. Yeah. And that's that seems like you're just standing right in the middle of some other era. It's really neat. Yeah. And it's definitely neat with uh, your, your pictures of of everything then and now it's just, it's really cool. You're like, Oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so it's, it's, I've, I've taken a few friends and my father who's 87, uh, who has gone to Winnesuk all his life. I've taken a few folks in the car with the laptop, with the movie on and stop <laughs> in front of the place and talk about what was there. Uh, that's not in the movie or what other, other things come to mind. It's really been fun. That's cool. Like a, a, a real life, uh, tour of the vacation Valley. <laughs> Yeah. My wife says when I retire, maybe you can like set up a, a van with tourists in there and have the movie running with audio going. <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll have to get one of those. What are those things called with the two tiers and you're talking on the top? That's the one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Almost like Chicago or something like that. Yeah. But anyone listening, don't worry. I'm not actually going to do it because I like leaving the valley the way it is. <laughs> yeah. That and the people that drive through there sometimes are, are psychos. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get an accident on that thing. So we'll we'll keep we'll keep it private and everyone can have uh their solitude, but it's just a, a little fantasy of having a tour bus and doing it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that'd be funny. I, I don't yeah. think I don't think many people would, would, would come along because I don't know. It's just it's not the Catskills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah. But excellent. Well, well, thank you. You got anything else you want to you want to throw in there before we? No, thank you. I I've, uh, thank you for making it comfortable to talk about all this. And I'm always interested in talking about the Catskill Mountains. It's uh, just fabulous to be a part of uh, trying to understand it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to to get together again and, and talk uh, about anything else. I'd love to talk about the history of the Catskills. I mean, I've I've every every night usually I have a a, a little part about history uh i go in through all these books and check out and see what's interesting and try to throw it in there for people to to realize that the catskills were the first like you said vacation spot was the first big vacation area in the in the united states yes indeed it's uh, great to be a part of it yeah definitely um so once again chris thank you for for joining me tonight um check out his movie on youtube called vacation valley it is probably what around 58 minutes long I think so. And uh, to my great surprise, it has over 2000 views. And uh, Justin, who has the postcards, he and I have joked that only a couple, maybe 1500 or are looking at it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say about this podcast. I'm just like, I'm probably, you know, 55% of this thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we have the same attitude about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully everybody will check it out because I think it's, a, it's, it's very fascinating of, uh, the way you did it, uh, showing once again, I, I keep saying it then and now it's, it's, it's amazing. And we'll, we'll have to talk about that grand hotel. I was just reading about that in one of my books. Well, I'll, I'll try to remember to send you an article that, uh, where someone gave a lecture on it and had the history of the whole thing. Oh, that would be great. Cause I, yeah. I just read about it and I was like going on Google maps and I'm just like, if this thing was as big as it was, it would have left a mark on, on the Catskills area, but I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint where it was so now i know I'll, I'll send you the article it's wonderful excellent well well thank you chris once again for joining me tonight uh, i'm talking about some great history of the catskills great well thanks for having thanks for having me yeah anytime anytime i would be happy to have you back again um check out his movie vacation valley on youtube i'd like to thank our sponsors once again scenic crowd guiding thank all the donors and everyone who donated thank you very much uh, i got it all together uh the end of the year, August, we'll donate to a 501c3, uh, an organization in the Catskills, of course. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who is listening and who has listened. I uh, hope you're enjoying this. Let me know what you guys want to hear, and we'll we'll check it out. We'll explore later. Um, subscribe on any platform. You can rate me on any platform. Please, that does uh, a lot, actually, rating uh, someone's podcast gets it expanding a little bit more. So. Look me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Inside the Lines, the Catskills podcast. Chris, thank you for joining me. Uh, I hope you have a good night. Enjoy the weather. Great. Great. Thanks for having me and have a good night yourself. Take care. You too. Good night. Bye-bye.